Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of our new Spotify channel, where I will be talking with startups from Techtures Network about their entrepreneurial story. Hello, I am Megan from Techtures and today I am here with Luke Saldania in front of me. So tell me, Luke, who are you? Uh, well, I'm the co-founder of Pink Albatross. Um, I've been a vegan for six years, seven years, and a vegetarian for almost uh, originally from India, but I grew up in Latin America. I studied in the United States, and um, I've been living in Europe now for, I think, around 18, 19 years. That's uh, essentially a quick intro to my background. Yeah, impressive. And you work for Pink Albatross. You are the CEO. Right. I'm the co-founder. Yes, there's cool. two of us. Pink Albatross was founded by myself and by uh, Pepe Biagio, who's my, my partner. We founded the company in December of 2018. Very nice. So what's the background about Pink Albatross? So the background is, um, I think both Pepe and myself, Pepe, my co-founder, we were at a moment um, in our lives when we founded the company where I think both of us were looking for a little bit of meaning in our work, in our day-to-day. -day. We had worked for corporations for 20 years each. And uh, you know, I think there comes a time where um, you see a disconnection between your efforts and what you're able to give the company and the, the, the eventual impact, right? And I think both of us were looking for some connection, some meaning to what we did on a daily basis. And um, unfortunately, that was lacking, um, or it's difficult to find in the corporate world. And I think uh, we both decided to, to kind of create our destiny in a way, no? Because if you can't find something where you are, you just have to reposition yourself and start searching for it. So that's kind of how our story started. But what's really interesting is that we didn't know each other, um, and we were introduced to each other um, through a mutual friend. And... This happened earlier in 2018, which is the year we constitute, which, which is the year in which our company was incorporated. So we, we were both looking for a project that had some personal meaning for us. Allergic to the protein found in milk. So as a father, he had a lot of difficulty in finding alternatives or food alternatives that were safe for her, right? So you became very sensitive to the foods he was purchasing, what ingredients were in them, and whether they were safe for consumption uh, for Emma. So he was very, he was always on the lookout for products that were dairy-free. And so was I, because a vegan, as I said before, and um, I lived in New York, which is where the inspiration for this uh, project came from. And I saw how quickly the plant-based space was developing in New York. And I realized that, you know, when you have good products, when you have them accurately priced or at the right price and where the, when they're universally available, um, more often than not, people will give those products a shot. They'll try and, and, and try them. And um, that's what I saw and what I felt and, and what I learned in New York, right? And, and um, I firmly believe that we need to leave animals out of our food system first and foremost uh, because of ethical reasons. And then there's plenty of other reasons related to health, related to sustainability. But for me, um, the path to go around doing that is not by forcing people to change, but rather giving them options by going through the back door and providing them with options where they will be able to choose between a product that's fairly priced 
um, and as good as a, 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 a dairy equivalent product or a product that's equivalent to ours, but made from animal ingredients. And if your product is good enough, if the branding is attractive, if the price is right, people will change. At least that's my conviction. And that's the premise on which I, 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 I co-founded the company. That's really interesting. But so I see that there was a problem that kept you awake before you started the company. But right now, is there still something that keeps you awake at night? Something that you still really want to change, change about uh, vegan and vegetarian? Um, you know, I think, I think what, what keeps us up at night are, are good things, um, which is fortunate in that um, it's, it's, it's the pains that come with growing as you're expanding, as you're learning, as you come face to face with some of the um, constraints, capacity limitations, and you know, you're thinking how to circumvent those so you can lift the barriers to growth or as you're entering into new markets and there's perhaps new regulatory requirements or new logistics requirements that you have to take into account that you didn't account for. Um, and it's, it's really those unknowns um, that you don't know around the corner, but that you know that there are some unknowns. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that feeling that at any time, anything can change, or there was something completely unforeseen um, that, you know, requires you to um, think about things, uh, reconsider and exercise your creativity. So I think those are the kinds of things that keep me up, you know, the things that I really don't know um, are going to go wrong, but that I know are going to go wrong. I just don't know what they are. <laughs> Okay, I see. Is there still something on your road uh, that you want to make as a goal to achieving your ambition? Or is everything good now? Oh, no, no, nothing is ever good. We're always, we're always dissatisfied with everything. That's why we started a startup, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> um, we're dissatisfied uh, by nature. Um, there's still a lot to do. There's still, um, there's, you know, there's constraints around production that we would like to lift. Um, there's constraints around product formulation that we would like to change or improve. Um, and there's also new products that we would like to um, develop. Um, but since we are in a very new space, you know, because our product, and I didn't get a chance to explain it before, um, it's, it's obviously plant-based, which is, you know, it's the core, it's the core feature of the product, but it's also clean label and it's also gluten-free and lactose-free. And for those who don't know what clean label is, um, it, it, there's, there isn't a, um, uh, a, um, a definition of what clean label is. So we had to kind of come up with our own. And for us, it's basically natural ingredients. So it's ingredients that you can recognize um, and ingredients that are natural. That's why on our pack, we say made with ingredients you can draw because you can draw a coconut, you can draw a mango, you can draw a cashew nut, but you can't draw you know, an E422 or a maltodextrin or a monodiglyceride of fatty acids, right? So. So one of our challenges um, is it's, 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 very, it's very difficult for us to grow with all of these self-imposed limitations because we're talking about plant-based, clean label, gluten-free, lactose-free. So when you try to find suppliers that fulfill all of those requirements, it becomes complicated. But at the same time, it also gives us comfort that you know um, it's not an easy path to go down. So very few will actually venture going down all the way. So it, it, it does keep the competition a little bit in check because it's not easy to create a product like ours. 
And what's our ambition? Our ambition eventually is to take this concept uh, that we've created in Pink Albatross and expand it to other categories um, within the desserts universe. So cookies, shakes, whatever, whatever you can think of, uh, but in the desserts world. Because you know, if you think about it, all desserts or most desserts are made of butter, milk, eggs, cream, and flour. Yeah. It contains gluten, right? So the potential for displacing those products is huge. Yeah, I am not vegetarian myself, not nor vegan, and I don't have any allergies. So to me, when people say, oh, uh, I am vegan or I am lactose in intolerant, in my head, it's like, whoa, then you must have a lot of time or you must know a lot of things to make this work. Because yep. to me, it sounds really difficult. And I don't say it's not uh, possible. But then it sounds really difficult to me to start this journey. Like, how did you start your journey? So let me just clarify one thing. Um, we don't only target. Uh, in fact, we don't specifically target vegans. Yeah. And we don't specifically target people that are lactose intolerant or that uh, or are gluten intolerant. Because... Those people, they find us. Those people, when they go to shop, they look at the back of pack on every single product. So you don't have to tell them you exist. They find you, believe me, they find you. Really the person that we're targeting is someone like yourself, someone that enjoys food, someone that's open to new and exotic flavors and something that's different. Um, because that's really the target market that we're going after. It's true, our customer base that actually buys us on a regular basis are people that are vegan, are people that are lactose intolerant, but there's also a huge chunk of people that buy us simply because the product is good. And that's absolutely fine for us because our biggest competition is not other plant-based brands. Our biggest competition are the haagen and the Ben and Jerry's of the world. That's our biggest competition. Thank you, you mentioned. Yeah. So I'm sorry, could you go back to your question earlier? What, what did you ask me before? Yeah, my question was, how did you started your journey? Um, I think, so I as I said before, I was living in New York and I was so impressed by how the plant-based space was developing and how there was such a rapid acceptance of the products that were being launched. Um, when I was in New York, Impossible Foods launched their burger um, in Momofuku Nishi, which is um, a restaurant, I think in downtown Manhattan somewhere. Um, and I went to try it and I was so impressed. And it was just around the time when Beyond Burger was starting to take off. So it was a, it was a very unde undeveloped space. Um, and I think that, that set you know, the inspiration or the inspiration to conceive something and, and see it actually happen was was uh, was remarkable for me. So I I was inspired by this and I thought, you know, if, if it can be done in meats, like plant-based meat, which some of the products are quite outstanding, um, why can't it be done in other categories, right? Like, like uh, cheese or ice cream perhaps. And um, when I traveled back for vacations from, from the US to Spain, which is where I currently live, um, you know, I would see the offer of products on the market shelves. And quite frankly, um, they weren't very good products. So it was just the market, a glaring market opportunity that I saw in Europe that was, that was um, very much developed or very much present. 
in the United States or at least in New York, but did not exist here. So that's really where the inspiration came from. That's interesting. Yeah. And you told me you live in Spain right now. Yes. Do you only sell in Spain or did you abroad in your market? No, we sell, oh, okay. we sell in Spain. We have, uh, and we have presence in Portugal and uh, very shortly in Germany as well, in Kaufland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. And are you planning on getting to more countries? Yes, that's certainly the plan because, um, you know, we're, we're as, as, as every good startup, We're very keen to move as fast as we can because that's one of our key differentiating factors. So we need to go where the market is. And of course, Spain is an interesting market, but there are many interesting markets as well. Yeah. So uh, you know, we, we have discussions with around 14 or 15 different countries across the world. Yeah, sounds really interesting to me. Um, and how do you see your company? Because you tell me you want to expand maybe. Um, and that's your vision. Yeah. Uh, how do you see your company making a difference in the future in all of those countries? Um, so I think, you know, I think this goes back to the origins of the company and why we founded it, right? Yeah. So we founded this company um, to offer alternatives to people that were, that were, that we call conscious consumers that are consumers like us Um, who have values that they try to adhere to when they make purchasing decisions. So values related to, you know, I don't want to consume animal products or I want to consume more sustainably or I want to consume something that's good for my health, right? Which is really what me and Pepe are all about. So what we're doing by, by taking these products to market is giving those people who are looking for options Um, that are that 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 they find relevant to them because of their values, but that today they can't they can't really um, fulfill because there's no product in the market space for them, right? So they have to default to whatever is available or avoid it altogether, right? So yeah. we think it's a great way to to develop a market that doesn't exist or that that's in an infant stage while also solving a key consumer need. So. And, and, and that, you know, that key consumer need as, as, has a lot of connection to us because we went through that same pain as people, right? And then we, saw, we solved it for us and then we said, can we solve it for other people? And that's how the project is born. Yeah. Um, so you started in 2018, right? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, we, we, we incorporated in 2018. We launched our product in in June of 2019, and then we got hit by COVID in 2020. So, mm. so that was a strange year for us and for everybody else. But, yeah. you know, we survived and here we are. Did it have a big imp impact on you, COVID? It, it had a big impact, but it was very positive for us. And I'll tell you why, because um, it was in during those three months, all our production had come to a standstill or else or all our sales had come to a standstill. Uh, but we had enough preliminary information from the pilot rollout that we had done the year earlier to give us confidence to, um, to make the product more accessible to people. And what I mean by that is we had to figure out a way to drop the price of our product because ultimately we want our product to reach as many people as possible. 
And for that to happen, you need to, your product needs to be relatively democratic. Our product is still a premium product because that's what we want. We want a good product. We don't want a mediocre product, but we were too expensive. So since for three months, everything came to a standstill, um, what we decided to do, and we had good feedback from the pilot rollout, we said, okay, let's assume when things reopen, let's assume that there's going to be a demand for our product. Let's assume we're going to be successful. And the way to do that is by reformulating the product so we can get costs down without compromising on quality, finding a co-packer that we can scale with, and between the both thing, between both things, between scaling of production and reformulation, release cost savings that we would then pass on to the consumer, who would then find our product more attractive on the shelf space. Because ultimately, yes, you can be premium, but if you're super premium, then you know you miss out on a large part of the market, right? So those are the actions that we did for three months, and we had to change our entire company. We had to change our production we had to change our formulation we had to, we also took the advantage took advantage of the opportunity to do a rebranding um, we had to change our logistics center because in reality that's the only thing that we could do because we couldn't sell and we couldn't produce so we said let's let's assume things will go well and let's prepare for the future so it so so the pandemic gave us those three months those three magical months to think and do and not get caught up by the day-to-day -day activities that's a pretty big achievement to me. Sounds really good. But do you see that as your biggest achievement until now? Or do you have something that you think of, like, that you're really proud of? So I'm really proud of this. So what I mean by this is in 2017, this was just an idea in my head, uh, just something that I was tinkling with. And um, in 20, in 20, here today in 2022, um, we were in three countries where, where in all of the major retailers or most of the major, major retailers in Spain. And if things go well, we should be hitting close to a million euros in revenue. So for me, that's what I'm proud of. You know, you go from an idea to something real, right? Because taking that first step, it requires courage because both me and my partner, we were gainfully employed in the financial services sector and uh, things were going well for us, but you always, we always wanted to do something more. And I think I'm grateful for the fact that we had the courage to launch this and we had the courage to, uh, to stick it through and uh, come up with something that, that makes us proud. Nice. So what is the biggest lesson you've learned in those three years? Um, <laughs> the biggest lesson I've learned is so I'm normally the type of person that I like to plan very much in advance. I like to control all the risks or all the known risks at least, and even think about the what potential risks could come up. Yeah. But when you when you quit your nine to five job and you say I'm going to launch an ice cream brand, there is a lot of uncertainty there that you can you can never imagine, right? Because it's not something you've ever done before. Of course. So I think that taking that first step, kind of untethering yourself from everything that you know, um, at least for me, it, I think it, 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 was, it was something that, you know, I never thought I would do. I really thought, uh, to be quite honest, that I was too 
I was too cowardly to become an entrepreneur and that I would be, you know, a salaried employee in a corporation the rest of my life. But there was something deep down inside of me that just kept bugging, bugging, bugging me until I said, okay, I have to do this because it's now or never, you know? And uh, I think finding the initial courage to do that, it, it's, it, for me, that was a major learning. It was more, more a personal learning than a professional learning that, you know, um, we are capable of doing a lot more than we think we are. Of course. Yeah. I think it's a lesson for everyone to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And unless, unless it's only at the moment of need, as they say, or at the moment where you have to push yourself, do you really understand your capabilities? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds logic. Um, can you share a story of a client using your product? So, um, there was um, there was an end consumer. We were in a fair in in Madrid when we first launched our product, and it was someone that she had become a vegan, um, and like myself, she really really liked ice cream and she liked hazelnut ice cream particularly, and our hazelnut ice cream is really good and it it's actually a bestseller, and she hadn't eaten it for three years, so when she when she brought the product, uh, she purchased it and she tried it. Um, I think she shed a tear because it was something that she loved so much and giving it up meant so much to her. Um, the fact that she could once again find that, you know, that indulgent pleasure. Um, uh, I, think it, I think it meant a lot to her. So that was quite touching for us to see that, you know, we can, we can we can kind of reach people's hearts and solve that problem that they have been unable to solve themselves. So that was that was a nice moment. Yeah, I can imagine. And did you already um, achieve like a lot of people like me who are not vegan, not um, lactose intolerant, for example? Because you uh, said in the beginning that yeah. you want to reach these people. So you know um, that's a really good question, and I think one of the things that we are we are trying to learn right now and one of the things that we're struggling with is and i and it's something that i would encourage you know every small company or startup to do is we know who our consumer segments are in terms of customer segment a b c d e and they all have their reasons for buying us mm -hmm. vegans lactose intolerant gluten nice packaging nice flavor nice texture what have you but we still don't know who is doing the bulk of the buying, like who is our major competitor, right? Sorry, who is our major consumer? So um, this is something that um, we're, we're trying to commission a market research project so we can figure out who our main buyer is. Because once we know that, then we can understand why people are buying us, where they're buying us, why they buy our product, um, and, and what else we can do to capture more people like that, right? So... For us, that's a that's an ongoing challenge. But when you're a small brand, it's difficult to find people to interview to learn about why they buy your product. When you are Frito Lay or when you're Pepsi or Coca Cola, you can find these people anywhere. Of course. Right? Yeah, that will be an ongoing project, I think. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to close it before the before the the third quarter because it will help us prepare for our marketing plans for next year, because ice cream is a very, very seasonal product. So 80% of the sales are made in quarter two and quarter three of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you participated in Future 2020, I think. 
from Tektur? Um, that was last, yes, that was, last, yes, correct. Okay, um, so how did Tektur help you in your journey? Yeah, so I, I think one of the things that was uh, personally fascinating to me is um, I was I was present at the event where all the the, the pitches all the pitches happened, and um, I really met some fascinating people. Um, there's so much in this world to learn that I was I'm ignorant about that I'm conscious, but you know through these informal connections and informal conversations, I met brilliant people um, that explained to me so many things that I had no idea about. So that networking potential was great. Um, even though nothing really came out of that beyond that initial interaction, but it was so mind opening to me. I think it was personally enriching. That was one benefit. And the second benefit was just as important, if not even more important, is that we managed um, to meet our one of our investors, potential investors at the event. So we had a chance to pitch. Um, the investors uh, took note. And a few months down the road, we opened up a conversation. Um, they were interested in investing. The terms of the investment um, were suitable for them and they ended up investing in us. And they will probably follow on in this next round as well. So it's, it's, it was very positive. Yeah, that's really positive. Is it the yeah. only investor you had in your journey or did you have more? No, we have more. We have a, we have a, few, we have a few VCs and we have a few angel investors. Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I don't have any other questions. Maybe Ivana does. No. Uh, okay. I learned a lot. I had a really interesting conversation. Um, so thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Pleasure.